This is the Macmillan Library Podcast, a community conversation maker, bringing you curated conversations with Macmillan librarians, community members, authors, musicians, artists, and more. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have some more selections from Thoreau's journal. First couple are from 1841, and then we have some from 1850. We're going to continue to read more selections from Thoreau throughout the summer. And don't forget, we have a summer reading program going on at Macmillan Library through July. Lots of different programs, including chess, hot sauce trivia, and kayaking. Go to macmillanlibrary.org to check those out. And we have plenty of great prizes to win in random raffle drawings if you sign up for our program and record your reading. If you have any nature journals yourself from the Wisconsin area that you'd like to share, possibly have read on the podcast, send them over to me, Colin, at cmcginnis at macmillanlibrary.org. You can find my email address in the show notes and on our website where the podcast lives. Hope you're all having a great summer and getting out and enjoying nature. Now here's Henry David Thoreau. A book should be so true as to be intimate and familiar to all men, as the sun to their faces. Such a word as is occasionally uttered to a companion in the woods in summer, and both are silent. December 15th. I seem to see somewhat more of my own kith and kin in the lichens on the rocks than in any books. It does seem as if mine were a peculiarly wild nature, which so yearns toward all wildness. Which so yearns toward all wildness. I know of no redeeming qualities in me, but a sincere love for some things. And when I am reproved, I have to fall back onto this ground. This is my argument in reserve for all cases. My love is invulnerable. Meet me on that ground, and you will find me strong. When I am condemned, and condemn myself utterly, I think straight away. But I rely on my love for some things. Therein, I am whole and entire. Therein, I am God-propped. December 24th, Friday. I want to go soon and live away by the pond, where I shall hear only the wind whispering among the reeds. It will be success if I shall have left myself behind. But my friends ask what I will do when I get there. Will it not be employment enough to watch the progress of the seasons? December 25th. I don't want to feel as if my life were a sojourn any longer. That philosophy cannot be true, which so paints it. It is time now that I begin to live. January 5th, Wednesday. I find that whatever hindrances may occur, I write just about the same amount of truth in my journal. For the record is more concentrated. And usually, it is some very real and earnest life after all, that interrupts. All flourishes are omitted. If I saw wood from morning to night, 
though I grieve that I could not observe the train of my thoughts during that time. Yet, in the evening, the few scrannel lines which describe my day's occupations will make the creaking of the saw more musical than my freest fancies could have been. I find incessant labor with the hands, which engrosses the attention also, the best method to remove palaver out of one's style. One will not dance at his work, who has wood to cut and cord before the night falls in the short days of winter, but every stroke will be husbanded and ring soberly through the wood, and so will his lines ring and tell on the ear when at evening he settles the accounts of the day. I have often been astonished at the force and precision of style to which busy, laboring men, unpracticed in writing, easily attain when they are required to make the effort. It seems as if their sincerity and plainness were the main thing to be taught in schools, and yet not in the schools, but in the fields, in actual service, I should say. The scholar not unfrequently envies the propriety and emphasis with which the farmer calls to his team, and confesses that if that lingo were written, it would surpass his labored sentences. Who is not tired of the weak and flowing periods of the politician and scholar? and resorts not ever to the farmer's almanac, to read the simple account of the month's labor, to restore his tone again. I want to see a sentence run clear through to the end, as deep and fertile as a well-drawn furrow, which shows that the plow was pressed down to the beam. If our scholars would lead more earnest lives, we would not witness those lame conclusions to their ill-sown discourses, but their sentences would pass over the ground like loaded rollers, and not mere hollow and wooden ones, to press in the seed and make it germinate. November 16, 1850 I found three good arrowheads today behind Dennis's. The season for them began some time ago, as soon as the farmers had sown their winter rye, but the spring, after the melting of the snow, is still better. In literature, it is only the wild that attracts us, Dullness is only another name for tameness. It is the untamed, uncivilized, free, and wild thinking in Hamlet, in the Iliad, and in all the scriptures and mythologies that delights us. Not learned in the schools, not refined and polished by art. A truly good book is something as wildly natural and primitive, mysterious and marvelous, ambrosial and fertile, as a fungus or a lichen. Suppose the muskrat or beaver were to turn his views to literature. What fresh views of nature would he present? The fault of our books and other deeds is that they are too humane. I want something speaking, in some measure, to the condition of muskrats and skunk cabbage, as well as of men, not merely to a pining and complaining coterie of philanthropists. I discover again about these times that cranberries are good to eat in small quantities as you are crossing the meadows. What shall we do with a man who is afraid of the woods, their solitude and darkness? What salvation is there for him? God is silent and mysterious. Some of our richest days are those in which no sun shines outwardly, but so much the more a sun shines inwardly. I love nature. I love the landscape, because it is so sincere. It never cheats me. It never jests. 
It is cheerfully, musically earnest. I lie and rely on the earth. Land where the wood has been cut off and is just beginning to come up again is called sprout land. The partridge berry leaves checker the ground on the side of moist hillsides in the woods. Are they not properly called checker berries? My journal should be the record of my love. I would write in it, only of the things I love. My affection for any aspect of the world, what I love to think of, I have no more distinctness or pointedness in my yearnings than an expanding bud, which does not indeed point to flower and fruit, to summer and autumn, but is aware of the warm sun and spring influence only. I feel ripe for something, yet do nothing, can't discover what that thing is. I feel fertile merely. It is seed time with me. I have lain fallow long enough. Notwithstanding a sense of unworthiness which possesses me, not without reason, notwithstanding that I regard myself as a good deal of a scamp, yet for the most part, the spirit of the universe is unaccountably kind to me, and I enjoy perhaps an unusual share of happiness. Yet I question sometimes if there is not some settlement to come. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you use this information to strike up a local conversation. Check us out at macmillanlibrary.org to see upcoming events, including concerts, speakers, movies, and more. We also have free online classes through Gale Courses, as well as a host of databases for your research needs. If you can't find what you're looking for, stop in at the information desk. The Macmillan Conversation Maker podcast can be found at macmillanlibrary.org backslash podcast.